Amen. All, all I have is Christ. And consequently, that is also all I need is Christ. And the same for all of us. As uh, Pastor Jeremy said, he has proved himself uh, faithful to us and will, will ever do so. Um, last week, uh, Pastor Jeremy uh, presented a great message uh, from Hebrews 2 on um, the why Jesus had to be made men. Are we have children going to children's church? Yes. Okay, children may go to children's church. Have a great time, kids. <clears throat> uh, uh, great message from Hebrews 2 on why Jesus had to be made like us. And if you uh, weren't able to be here, as I wasn't, uh, it is available online. You can listen to it, and it's well worth taking the time. And uh, speaking of Pastor Jeremy, by the way, we, when we have our business meeting in two weeks, um, uh, he will be being presented again as an elder. And uh, we didn't have that in the bulletin this time, but it's uh, just for your, um, your knowledge of what's going on. We will have the agenda posted by next week. Um, to next week, by the way, uh, next Sunday, I'm going to be back in Romans, and we'll be starting chapter 12, and I'm greatly looking forward to doing Romans 12.1 next week, and then Romans 12.2 the week after, and the, those are such marvelous, rich passages. I'm just chomping at the bit to get to them, but... Um, Today, being the first day of the year, um, I wanted to take some time to look at our commitment to walk together. And uh, just a good way for us to start the year together as a church family to remember what this is about. And uh, just give you a, uh, a reminder of how this came into being in the first place. Um, it was about a year and a half ago as the elders were studying through several books on church ministry and what it means to be a church to, to organically relate to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, um, that this, the idea for this document started coming together of how can we present this to one another that, that we can grasp this and put into wording um, what, this, what this means. And... Uh, and so we had a series last uh, winter, you may remember, January through March, I think, uh, about 10 or 12 weeks or so on, on the church. And we began fleshing the word, wording of this out during that time and came to you a couple times with uh, versions of it. And I think this is version 17 that we ended up with. Uh, but you gave some really good feedback and there were some wording changes along the way and this is what we ended up with um, last summer. Now, I want to say at the beginning that any document like this is, uh, even like our statement of faith, which is uh, uh, a document that tells, here's what we believe from the Bible. Even a document like our statement of faith is only valuable as far as it accurately communicates what's in this book, right? Because there is no other document that we are beholding to or accountable to than this document right here. This is our 
guide for life in this life and for eternal life. And so any document that men, including us, come up with, whether it is a statement of faith or something like this, our commitment to walk together, is only valuable to the degree that it accurately reflects what's in this word. And so we have tried to make it as bibliocentric as we can. And you will notice in this, uh, in this outline that we have, the, the notations at the bottom of the both front and back pages of all the scripture references. In fact, the document turned out to be almost a series of Bible verses. Uh, we wanted to keep it that bibliocentric. And think of this today as we go through these verses. It's, it's kind of like when we have a church dinner, you know, one of those pot providence dinners where there's a smorgasbord of things that you choose from, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and, and you, by the time you're done, you're just full and satisfied, and you had a great variety of things. Well, that's what we're going to do today, I think, as we go through a variety of scriptures and, um, and see how they relate to us as a body, how we live out being brothers and sisters together. And before we begin, just one more word of explanation that <clears throat> these are not rules that we decided we ought to do. But rather, these are principles from the Word of God that God directed us to as how we should live for Him. So we don't see this as a man-made thing, but as a hopefully God-directed and um, uh, biblical-based document. First of all, our, in our commitment to walk together, says, having been brought by the grace of God to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and daily relying on his grace in all things, we solemnly and joyfully renew our commitment with each other. Now notice how this document begins with our relationship to God and then ends with our relationship to each other in that first paragraph. And that is purposely so. Having been brought by the grace of God, everything that we have and are depends on the grace of God. And so this document is full of statements of the grace of God. Having been brought by the grace of God to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and daily relying on his grace in all things. Let's look at notes at the bottom one through three. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing, doing it is the gift of God. Mark one. Now after John was arrested Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Romans 5.2 Through him, that is through Christ we have also ab obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So everything is based on the grace extended to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith and repentance, we come into a relationship with Him. 
uh, because he has extended his grace to us. Now, because we have that relationship with God, now the rest of this first paragraph, we solemnly and joyfully renew our commitment with each other. So our relationship to each other is based on our relationship to God. We are a church family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of us a little bit older brothers and sisters and some a bit younger. But, but we are united in him. Being in Christ is what brings us together and gives us a relationship to each other. And you know how you, um, you celebrated Christmas with your family and perhaps some friends uh, last week um, had a good time with some folks but there's a, a family you don't know in Ankeny that you didn't celebrate with and why didn't you because you have no relationship to them you, you don't know them and so without that relationship you, you have nothing in common it's not that you are against them or anything but the people that you celebrated with and you loved on and so forth those are people God has brought you into relationship with and, and that's how it is here it's not that we don't like people in um, some other town <laughs> but God has brought us together to to love one another and to um, minister to each other. And so there's a special relationship that, that we have. So the next thing on the list is by God's grace. And you might remember back in our discussion last um, late spring, I, get, I think it was, that um, we decided that, we, that this would be a good way, a good heading for all the subsequent paragraphs to follow that is that take this as the heading for each section that comes by God's grace we will work to and pray by God's grace we will walk together in brotherly love by God's grace we will not forsake the assembling and so forth so this as a reminder to us that we all recognize none of this can we do in our own strength it's not us saying here's what we're going to do God but we are saying God here's what by your grace you have called us to do and we want to in your name do so by God's grace we will work and pray to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace now uh, that is from Ephesians 4.3 which says uh, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace but if you turn to Ephesians 4 actually going to look at Ephesians 4 for several of our points today it's a very significant chapter for church life our statement goes we will work and pray to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace the unity of the spirit does not mean unity at any price. It's not unity in the flesh. This is unity in the spirit as the spirit brings us together around the things of God. Look at verse 13 while you're here. 
That Ephesians 4.3 is where our verse is taken from. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Look also at verse 13 of Ephesians 4. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So the unity of the spirit and the unity of the faith are uh, um, completely complementary. They're the same thing. The unity of the, the spirit would not lead us to something different than the unity of the faith and, and vice versa. And the unity of the faith, notice the article there, is not just the unity of believing of faith, but of the faith, of the, of the doctrine of, of the faith, of what the apostles taught and what the scriptures teach, the unity of the faith that was once for all delivered to us. And so it is guarding that faith and being united in the, in the truth of God's word that is a hallmark of the unity of the spirit. There is a, um, a trend in our society towards unity by just agreeing with everyone. But if you, if you stand on, on nothing then you're going to fall. And so the, the unity of the spirit is the unity of the faith of the word of God. All right, the next paragraph. We will walk together in brotherly love, exercise and affectionate care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully admonish, exhort and forgive one another as occasion may arise. So here's how we deal with each other, treat each other. Now, that contains uh, the scripture references 6 through 11. So I'd like to read through those in your notes below. From Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How are we to love each other as Christ loved us in that same sacrificial kind of way? We are to love one another. Walk in love. Romans 12, 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Hebrews 3. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Part of our loving each other, having this kind of brotherly love and affectionate care and watchfulness watchfulness over each other is in the area of our spiritual well-being and if we notice a brother and sister who might seem to be straying from the path the loving thing is to let them know same thing as if your child is straying out into the street a loving parent is going to tell them get back here and a loving brother and sister if they see someone else straying should want to call them back exercise a watchfulness over each other 
We're, we're shepherding each other's souls and concerned about the spiritual well-being of, of one another. And it, it, takes, um, it takes some courage, some guts to be able to do that. Um, who of us wants to go to someone else and tell them to take the speck out of their eye when there's a log in our own, right? And we might often feel that way. A few years ago, um, uh, Gary McVeigh came to me with um, an issue. He, he thought that there was a, a brother who was sinning and he didn't know how to address it. He wasn't looking for me to do it, which was unusual for me, for someone to come and not want me to do it. He felt that God had opened his eyes to this and that God would have him do it. And he was scared to death. How, how do I go to someone and tell them I think they have sin? But I feel like I have to. And so we prayed about it. We looked at Galatians 6 about the attitude in which you go to someone in a, in a humble kind of way. And, and he did. And won a brother. Um, God worked through that but it took great courage to be able to do that um, Mike Doty came to me uh, a few years ago with uh, wanting to let me know about a, a brother he thought had sinned and I said well I, I think you ought to go to him and let him have it and he said well it's you Imagine my surprise that I had, I had offended another person in our church and Mike wanted me to know that I was maybe not aware of that and I wasn't. And it was a gutsy thing to do. Um, but that's the kind of thing. I, it, I think it takes courage for someone to do that kind of thing, but it's needed if, if you really care for one another that there's a watchfulness over each other's spiritual well-being, but to do it with humility and grace. We will walk together in brotherly love, exercise and affectionate care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully admonish, exhort, and forgive one another as occasion may require. The next paragraph, we, we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and for others. And number 12 and 13 on your notations, Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now notice something in this verse. What, what is the purpose for meeting together? Well, the foremost purpose of our gathering together is to worship God, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's the number one reason that we're here. If it wasn't for him, we'd be out doing something else. But he's why we're here. But that's on, our, on a vertical relationship. On the horizontal relationship with mere mortals like us, what is the reason? 
Look at this Hebrews 10.25 again. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That is, it isn't for the sake of you getting what you think you want out of coming here. It is for the sake of you being here to encourage other people in their spiritual life. And so if you don't come, if, if you don't participate then you can't encourage anyone else. You could maybe sit home and listen to Charles Stanley or someone, but you couldn't encourage someone else. And so we need to meet together to, to help each other grow in Christ, to encourage one another in spiritual things. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, as these days go on, it's all the more important. And then James 5.16 Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And, and so we share in prayer requests, uh, even confessing our sins to one another, our, our um, needs to one another, and we pray for one another. And uh, the final paragraph on the front side of this page says, we will endeavor to bring up those under our care in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. As uh, number 14, Ephesians 4, uh, excuse me, 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so um, we're just agreeing with this that the scripture calls us to do that. We'll endeavor to bring up those under our care in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. Now, where the church family comes in in this is that we help one another do that. Remember, it wasn't long ago we had a uh, parent-child dedication service and a bunch of parents and children lined up here and, um, uh, and, and we, the parents not only dedicated themselves to the task of doing this, but we as a church family join them in saying we'll help you do that and, and that's why we, we have Sunday school and why we have youth group and all these other things is we want to come alongside you as parents to help you bring up those under your care and the nurture and admonition of the Lord and in a sense your children are our children we're like aunts and uncles because we're brothers and sisters in Christ so, I'm Marin's uncle, right, in a sense. And so I have, I have a concern for uh, Marin and how she's going to do. Great Christmas card, by the way. She's very nice. And uh, uh, so we, we have this desire to, to know and minister to the children of our church family, not just in our own personal physical family, but in our church family. Uh, and the second part of that paragraph is, and by a pure and loving example. That comes from 1 Timothy 4.12, the bottom of your page, which says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. That's a, the kind of example that we are to live before each other and, and before the world. And the final part of the 
paragraph is seek the salvation of our family, friends, and acquaintances. So as we care for those that we're bringing up in our families and in our church family, and as we try to live a pure and loving example before them, we seek the salvation of our family and friends and the acquaintances that God puts in our path. And as broad out as that can go, uh, number 16, which is on the back of your page, is, is the Great Commission from Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age just a reminder here that the great commission is not only the gospel of salvation that people would come to Christ and have eternal life but the gospel is broader than just have new life it is how to live new life in Christ and so that it's the teaching them all the things that I've commanded you it's the ongoing teaching part of the ministry that's really part of the Great Commission that we want to do both the reaching out and the reaching in in those respects. Now, the first paragraph at the top of the next page. We will rejoice at each other's happiness and share each other's sorrows. So I, I do this every Sunday with... Um, uh, Greg Sweet, depending on the outcome of the Iowa State game, either rejoice at his happiness or share in his sorrow. But, um, but as we get to know each other and the things that are going on in each other's life, this is why it's so important that we share with one another. We have opportunities broader than just the worship service. That we have times like our ABF time where we share prayer requests and we relate to each other our fellowship times our small group times our Bible study times all those are so important to us to get to know one another to know what's going on to be able to rejoice with one another and, and to sorrow with one another um, and, and we will seek with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens now this comes from Numbers 17 and 18 Romans 12 15 says Rejoice with those who rejoice Weep with those who weep Galatians 6 2 Bear one another's burdens And so fulfill The law of Christ Now that might sound strange Because we are freed from the law Being under Christ Right? No longer debtors to the law So what is the law of Christ? Well, his law is to love God and love others. That is fulfilling the law of Christ. And so as we supremely love God, but also love each other, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. We have many opportunities to do that as we care for one another, pray for one another. Um, pray for Alberta Belke. She fell a couple of days ago and broke her hip and uh, is just starting into the she's gotten a new hip just starting into the recovery process and it's not gone well yet um, she has a prayer need for an apartment that's a ground level 
because she has to go up and down stairs and that's how she broke her hip going down the stairs from her apartment and pray that she might be able to get a ground level apartment soon um, we have a, a couple of people leaving in uh, less than two weeks to Mayo Clinic and um, Renee Stringer and Wendell Starmer are going to be going there and getting new parts and pieces aligned and stuff and our hearts are so much with you guys um, we care for you and already our prayers are with you and we'll be with you and we are you know we're so blessed to be able to have that kind of sharing that uh, I know when I've had need for people to pray for me, how blessed I've been to know that those prayers are just swarming the gates of heaven and God is receiving them and we will sure be praying for you. And that's what we're supposed to do. Um, Jeff and Renee Zimmerman are not here today. There's, they skipped church again. <laughs> do you know Why? Michael finally got married <laughs> like uh, two days ago I think man after my own heart he, he got it in before the end of the calendar year for tax purposes <laughs> just wonderful thinking but we rejoice with the, the Simmermans you know in, in that you see how important it is though to share with each other what's going on to know and the next paragraph, we will seek by God's grace to live carefully in the world, denying ungodliness and worldly desires, and remembering that since we are now new creations in Christ, there is on us a special obligation to lead a new and holy life. Now, first of all, uh, number 19 here, Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise and so the first part of that paragraph says we will seek by God's grace to live carefully in the world and we need to walk carefully because this world is a minefield isn't it this is a minefield of disaster out there and you have to be very carefully how you walk what you do, what you allow yourself to be exposed to, all, all kinds of things. We need to live purposefully, carefully in the world. <clears throat> Denying ungodliness and worldly desires. Number 20 is Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. I want you to notice in that Titus 2 that for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us. Well, who or what is training us? It is the grace of God that trains us, that teaches us to denounce ungodliness and worldly passions. If you have trouble 
renouncing ungodliness and worldly passions, it's because you have not sufficiently relied upon the grace of God or understood it. So if you have that problem in your life, you need to better reckon with the grace of God. So we, we make this kind of commitment to each other because our, our testimony together as a church is very important. If we are to be a light here in this community, then we need to shine as bright as we can. So we will seek by God's grace to live carefully in the world, denying ungodliness and worldly desires, and remembering that since we are now new creations in Christ, number 21, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There is on us a special obligation to lead a new and holy life. Number 22 is from 1 Peter 1.15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. The next paragraph you, in fact, um, because so much of this is taken from Ephesians 4, might still be at Ephesians 4. We're going to read verses 11 through 16 of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.11 And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors or shepherds and teachers for the, the purpose of <clears throat> the equipping of the saints for the purpose of the work of the ministry for the purpose of the building up of the body of Christ. So the, the gifts given to the church in, in various functions, ministries, spiritual gifts, and so forth is it's for the purpose of us ministering to each other, building up one another. And how long shall this go on? Verse 13, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And what would that look like? To have the knowledge of the Son of God, to really know Him to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, <clears throat> until every one of us looks just like Christ. We keep ministering to each other until then. So um, there's no termination date on this life, is there? We, we're going to keep doing that. And that's the idea. We, have, we are committed to continue ministering to each other. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, that is every one of us, from whom all of us, Joined and knit together by what every one of us supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. 
So we will work together using our various gifts to build a faithful gospel ministry in this church as we sustain its worship ordinances, disciplines, and doctrines. We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. And the last part of that paragraph has to do with um, how and why we give. What is that used for? It not only supports the church, but enables us to minister to others, enables us to support missionaries and uh, in our area as far as foreign lands and uh, so number 25 here 2nd Corinthians 9 7 says each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver so in as we begin this new year and you decide between you and God what you are going to give this is not something that is mandated to you we, we don't come into your home and say this is how much you ought to give or what percentage or anything of that sort <clears throat> this is something that's between you and God that as each one has purposed or decided in his heart so you pray to God about this what would you have me give I just want to remind you that in the context of Second uh, Corinthians 9 um, before this statement is the example of Christ that, that he who was rich became poor for our sakes that we might be made rich in him the, the example of of the giving of Christ and it was sacrificial giving that he gave purposeful giving it, and it was with joy for the joy set before him he endured the cross he, he didn't reluctantly give his life for you on the cross he did so purposely joyfully sacrificially sacrificial giving is, is giving till it hurts till you can tell that you're giving. It's not giving the extra. It's giving the first and giving till it hurts. But this is something between you and God of what he would have you to give. And when you do so, it's not re to be reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So... And then again, uh, the reminder of the Great Commission that uh, we are giving in part to support the ministry of the gospel, not only here, but in other places as well. The next paragraph is, we will, when we move from this place, as soon as possible, unite with some other like-minded church where we can carry out the spirit of the statement of commitment and the principles of God's word. And again, uh, that is taken from Hebrews 10.25. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And the idea of this paragraph is uh, we're concerned about each other even if we move somewhere else if God should move you to Arkansas or somewhere like that 
Good to have Les and Jeannie here today. And they have found a good church there. And, and I remember when they were first telling uh, me and us about that, that good church, how that was a rejoice with those who rejoice because it's an important thing to find a good church that they've gotten plugged into and they're getting good teaching and, and we want to know that. And, uh, and so we're concerned not only for when we're here in this local body, but if God should move us to Guam or anywhere that we would have this kind of commitment with each other we want to be fed we want to be accountable to others and so forth and finally and this is taken from 2 Corinthians 13 14 may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all amen May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as we began this um, message that everything is based on the, the grace of God extended to us in Christ. And that grace is rooted in the love of God. And the love of God results in the fellowship of the Spirit. The fellowship that translates the Greek word koinonia which means to, to hold something in common. It's also the word for communion, which um, we're going to partake of now. I'll ask those who are serving communion to go ahead and come forward. But this communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy Spirit is, is really the communion that we are celebrating here today. It's not a different kind of communion. The communion is based in this exactly what we're going to take today the the body of Christ that was given for us the blood of Christ that was shed for us our communion our fellowship is based in that alone that's what makes us one and that's what enables us to walk together as brothers and sisters in Christ so as we prepare to partake of this Remember the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And now we are going to take bread.
Denny, would you please return thanks for the, the body that was given for us? When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. Now we are going to take the cup. we thank you for this cup this symbol of your blood that was shed for us we know that as the scripture reminds us that without the shedding of blood there is no remission or taking away of sin you were willing to die a bloody death for us we thank you Lord Jesus
Amen. Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. If you want to pass your cups to the aisle, and men will pick it up. This concludes our service. God bless you. We'll see you in ABF. Carolina. That was great.